Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, uh, everybody. Uh, we are uh, really excited uh, uh, of what uh, God's doing. Uh, last time, uh, last week, we had Diane Gomez from Chicago uh, share her story. Diane, welcome. Uh, good to have you again. And uh, yeah, there just wasn't enough time no, to hear it all. <laughs> and uh, it was. Uh, we labeled it actually uh, a story of redemption. Uh, that uh, as you were, you had a heart. You you know you had this interesting heart. For God, but it wasn't clear to you, and you actually, <laughs> you actually became a nun, uh, uh, and then God called you out of that, and got married, had a had a child, and uh, had great things happen to you with work, and uh, it was really a great story of you just receiving and following, you know, God to where He just restored your soul, restored your life, and uh, you know, put you in a place where you're in a in a covenant life of receiving and giving it away, and there's more too that we pray that you, you'd still like to be married and, and we pray for that and uh, you know to enjoy the life but uh, one of the things that that I walked with you through was uh, your kind of journey into the call of Israel uh, and messianic communities and being a, a conduit of God speaking to that community about the life of God so tell us how did you? How did that even come about? That you got interested in that? That God was calling you to that uh, kind of assignment uh, that's that's unique to you, and I know it, it thrills your heart. So tell us about that a little bit. Well, to begin with, I guess the first word that comes to mind is it was supernatural. I mean, it's nothing that I particularly was pursuing. Um, as I mentioned last week, even as a child, God kind of imparted into my heart in a very childish way, just a curiosity, a wonder with uh, Jewish people. Uh, the fact that Jesus was a Jewish man just kind of fascinated me. So mm -hmm. even even as a little girl at nine, 10 years old, I was, uh, I was led to just read about it and to understand the culture of the Jewish community. But that was dormant for many years. You know, life goes on, I became a teenager, then, you know, left to go to the convent there was no grid for israel within that, that that lifestyle then i was married and not really walking with god i don't think i really even understood walking with god until many years later so i was on my journey with the lord all was well i had already met rich and linda and it was in the context of the community that i was in at the time as well as the fact that I was well connected by this time with IHOP in Kansas City. And they have a very strong ministry to Israel. And so the combination of the two people who seem to have the same heart, you know, it's it's a unique place and not everybody gets it because, you know, God hasn't imparted to their heart, just like there are things that other people understand that I don't understand. This was just something unique. And it was, again, kind of like that childish thing that happened when I was a little girl, 
God kind of aroused that curiosity inside my heart again. And now I had, this was probably back in 2005, six, somewhere in that area. Um, there were people in my life that had that similar heart for Israel. Certainly the people I was connecting with at IHOP had that heart for Israel. So it began to um, just be exciting to me again. It was like, wow, what I really, it's hard to explain, but when God imparts something to you, you sometimes can't explain it away. It's just supernatural. And it's a, it's a gift that comes through faith. And I received it. And I just began to get hungry to really, really understand more. And so that was when I took my first trip to Israel. I, as I mentioned last week, I was supposed to go with someone else that fell through. God really showed me. I mean, I put a fleece out. It's like, okay, God, are you really calling me to go to Israel <laughs> by myself when I don't you know, really, I'm not well traveled as far as international travel mm -hmm. going to Israel because, you know, at the time there were still things going on in the land as there typically is, uh, goes in season. Sometimes it's quiet, sometimes it's not quiet. So I put out a fleece and there are many things I put before the Lord. Okay, if you want me to go, then it's got to be within the context of these days. <laughs> um, the airfare, I need to be within this range. And I also do not want to travel to Israel um, and arrive there in the middle of the night. So a nonstop flight from the United States <laughs> during the day. Well, lo and behold, God just did all of that. And it was actually a wonder to the woman that um, she's a friend of a friend who was looking for flights for me. When I came across the flights that actually fit everything that I just mentioned, she said to me, that I, she said, I have searched for you. I, those flights were never available. So there must be something God has for you because yeah. you opened uh, up in a supernatural way. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, so when you, when you got there, what, uh, what, what was that like when you, your first trip there and you, you know, God got you there? What, what, what was that like? What did you do when you were there? <clears throat> oh my gosh. The first trip was so, I mean, I, every trip I've made is beautiful in a different way, and each one has had its purpose. This one was just to explore the land and to walk with Jesus where Jesus walked. Mm -hmm. It was as simple as that, but God did make connections for me through people that I knew who knew people in Israel. So I really did have people there that I connected with, people that I met in Jerusalem. I spent um, two nights in Bethlehem with Arab believers, which was totally fascinating to yeah. get side of the story as believers in Yeshua, but to be on the other side of, you know, the, the context of the battle between the Arabs and the Jews. So that was really fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. And then I spent a couple of days in Ariel with a family. The wife is a Jewish believer. The husband is from uh, Puerto Rico. Anyway, I don't know if any of you remember the story. This was about 20 not 20, maybe 15 years ago, when the son, Ami, picked up a, um, a Purim basket, brought it in the house, opened it as a, as a young teenager would do, and it was a bomb. Mm. So the, the house was bombed. Ami's life was on the fringe of death, uh, but he is alive and well today. He's had you know, many, many surgeries. Anyway, all of that to say that I got to spend some time with that family, which was an incredible experience as well. But the biggest takeaway, and of course, I, you know, I visited places. I went to the Galilee, and I spent a ton of time in the old city of Jerusalem, and 
just walking the ramparts of the old city and just uh, the fascination of walking where Jesus walked. I mean, it's real. When you're there, you can't help but think about places where he was. The garden tomb was very precious yeah. to me. I spent a lot of time there just journaling and sitting with the Lord and just pondering his, his death and resurrection. But as I mentioned last week, it was on the return on my flight home that God just really began stirring up my heart with his assignment for me, which was very vague at the time, but the scriptures from Isaiah 62 about watchmen on the wall, mm -hmm. God began to kind of connect dots for me that, you know, most of us don't really think about a lot, but it was the whole idea that uh, we're to pray, we're to be watchmen on the wall, to pray night and day, to pray without ceasing until Jerusalem becomes the praise of all the earth. And that really resonated in my spirit. It's like, well, okay, there's going to be no permanent peace in Jerusalem until Messiah returns. So there's a connection there, like taking going back to Matthew 23, when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, he said, you know, I will not return until all of you proclaim, Baruch Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the dots began to connect with, okay, it's really important to pray for the salvation of Israel for the Jewish people mm. because Messiah won't return until they welcome him back to Jerusalem. And it was the beginning of the impartation in my heart of the call to be an intercessor for Israel. And in tandem with that is, you know, I don't, I'm not a teacher, but God really impressed upon my heart. You're a messenger. Right. When, when someone is curious, when someone wants to hear about my heart for Israel, it's your job to share to share my heart with them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really uh, cool. And then um, uh, after that moment, uh, as you started to do, and this is, this is again, as we talk about discerning God's will, abiding, uh, Kathy, it's uh, step by step. Mm. Uh, that, because uh, I can remember when <laughs> he told Diane, yeah, go to Israel, you know, and she's like, well, what for? I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, and he'd already been stirring, you know, her heart mm -hmm. just to go, even even just to receive it for herself. And it's a spectacular place, like she said, when you're at the very place that you know that Jesus was right there. Right. Uh, it's special, you know. It's just it just mm -hmm. opens everything up to you. So he said, you know, go and and I, I love it that by the way, on the way home, he says. Well, let me give you a piece of the assignment is, you know, you're going to you're going to pray. I want you to intercede for something specific and then begin to, you know, uh, teach others and join uh, other Messianic Jews. So uh, after you receive that assignment, what kind of things have you been involved with in terms of fill it, fulfilling that uh, assignment that God's given you? <clears throat> Oh my gosh. Well, uh, I was involved in a Messianic community in Chicago, the Messianic Congregation of Chicago. Uh, that ultimately closed, but for the five years that I was there, it was a huge learning experience for me to have a Jewish believing pastor to meet on Shabbat and, you know, to pray the Shema together and to have some Jewish liturgy, we would do a drash, which means there are certain scriptures that Jewish people all over the globe, mm -hmm. be they believers in Jesus and not, there's certain scriptures, of course, for believers in Yeshua, they have New Testament scriptures as well, but it's universal that the churches and synagogues across the world uh, reflect on certain scriptures. 
Yeah. And so we would do that in the Messianic congregation. Oftentimes I was asked to share a drash. There would be like 10 minutes of opening up those scriptures and just talking about them. It wasn't the main message. The pastor would still give a message. We would sing in Hebrew. I mean, there were just elements to it that were extremely precious to me and things that, you know, nothing could replace that. It was just beautiful to be there and to be part of that. And, you know, we would have onegs after the service and oneg is just a, a gathering, kind of like a potluck. And we would just <laughs> do that once a month. We would just sit and uh, eat lunch together and talk and gather. And so it was beautiful. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and as you, uh, uh, like when you would share, uh, so uh, part of the service would be you you just you would read scripture and then you would share what you what God was saying to you about it. Yes, that's exactly right. We would take those scriptures, and for us as uh, this being a Jewish believing congregation, there would be Old Testament scriptures and New Testament scriptures, and so it's kind of connecting the two scriptures and then just sharing what God's put on my heart regarding those scriptures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when you think about that particularly, how did you learn uh, that process of uh, uh, it's not just mechanical, here's here's some theology about it. It's You just said it, it's what God is speaking to you and sharing that with a larger group. How did, how did you learn that and what does that look like for you specifically as you then, let's say, okay, uh, Diane, we'd like you to take the scripture and and speak about it how did you how did you approach that and how did you get into it to receive what god would say to you well, generally there was a a lead time of a couple of weeks before you know it was time to deliver that yep. word so there's plenty of time for me to just be in that abiding process and be with the lord and you know having read through those scriptures and pondered them it's like okay lord so what do you say about this and what is it that you want me to communicate so it's just the process of sitting with the Lord, journaling and, you know, writing down thoughts. And it's not like I didn't do some research. I would certainly look through other means of opening up those scriptures. But in the end, it's really sharing what God's put on my heart. Because there could be multiple ways of opening up those scriptures. Yeah. But the important thing is to share what God was showing me. Yeah. And when you when you say you journaled it, what does that what did that look like for you when you're uh, again in abiding as we know Kathy is um uh, it's not, yeah, I read it, here's what it should say, and I'll move on. It's pondering it day after day after day oh. in the journaling process, which is so critical of what is God saying to you, uh, and, and let you say thoughts come to you, uh, his voice comes to you. What, is, what does that look like for you, Diane, uh, which you've le really learned how to be a receiver of that? What does that look like as you're journaling and pondering a verse uh, or verses over the several days. What does what does that look like for you? <clears throat> well, and you know, specific to this, um, I'll share. But just the abiding process over the over the years has changed for me in some ways. Most most be, most because of my life changes. So when I was working as a full time employee up early in the morning, my abiding time looked different than it does now where I have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I have the freedom in the morning to just get up leisurely and sit with the Lord. So back in those times, I was still working full time. So for me, you know, there would be a bad time in the morning, but oftentimes I would have, I am not a morning person, <laughs> much more of a night person. So you'll likely see my lights on at midnight versus yeah. six in the morning. Yeah. 
So a lot of times after work, you know, I grab my Bible, my journal, and I go sit with the Lord. I go sit in a coffee shop. I go sit in a corner at home, but whatever. It's just the time with the Lord to sit with him in his presence. I mean, it's kind of what you've taught us all along the way, Rich, is you can't you can't get Jesus on the run. <laughs> I mean, he's there with well, you. Yeah, what happens is you, you go past him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that takes me back to the verses so etched in my mind from many years ago when we met in your house. If you heed my voice and obey, the blessings will overtake you. Yeah. Yeah. So just walking forward. But that's the same with abiding. It's just being in his presence. You know, sheep know his voice. I've walked with the Lord for a long time. So you know when it's the Lord. And kind of like you shared, Linda gets things fall from, you know, the heavens. Yeah, she, right, right. You know, she receives things that way. Uh, the way God speaks to me is unique. And so I know when he's speaking and when he's opening up the scriptures, you know, sometimes things are vague. And so you just journal that thought like, hmm, okay, I'm not sure what that means right now. For example, recently the Lord gave me the word cherish. And it's like, okay, all right, I'm just going to journal that and park it over here because I'm not really sure uh, what to do with that yet. So it's the same thing when, I was to share a drash and I was to share from those scriptures. It's just sitting with the Lord and just listening and jotting down notes. And eventually, God kind of creates a tapestry where you put those thoughts together. And it's like, wow, Lord, <laughs> you've just put a whole a whole thing together for me that I would never have dreamed of. Right, right. And one thing you mentioned uh, uh, that I know, Kathy, you've shared too, is that um, he'll just say a word like cherish um it's like okay i heard it um at the moment it's okay he's going to say pay attention i'll guide you into it i'll show you what it means might take a while um so that's kind of what abiding looks like a little bit is there's no uh well tell me exactly what that means he says i will (laughs) um he unfolds um, it i'm going to take you down a path I have lots to say to you about this. I'm gonna, I am going to apply it to your life, so it is going to mean something. But relax, enjoy the walk, and don't even worry that it might take months uh, for me to reveal this word that I you, that you did hear. Mark it down, pay attention, and then at the right time, you know, we'll, we'll go uh, take take uh, time in the word and let me process it with you through cross referencing, word study you know, et cetera, that, um, I'll, I'll speak to. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's been fun for me, uh, to see, uh, as, you know, as you've learned to abide that God keeps deepening the things that he wants you to learn and you've learned them. Um, and you can not only, uh, and, and the, the beautiful way, by the way, Kathy, of identifying, uh, that you've learned it is you can teach it. You can speak it to somebody. Uh, which Diane Diane does and has been given these great assignments uh, to do that. Yeah, I love hearing, too, that he's put you in the middle of this. Like, I'm just so intrigued by the fact that he's called you in the middle of of, um, messianic Christians, you know, that this is just such a neat place to be. And I'm curious, if you don't mind just sharing, what is that like? Was it um, just joining that community? Did you feel on the outside for a little while? Did were you welcomed in right away? How has God used you in that community to teach others how to abide and just the organic of learning from each other? I'd just love to hear a little more about 
about all of that, honestly. <laughs> well, that process is being developed right now in the new community that I'm connecting to, the olive tree. But at the Messianic congregation, it was it was really sweet from the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, there, you know, within the context of a Messianic congregation, you'll find it's typically half and half, half Gentile and half Jewish. Interesting. People. Okay. But the leadership, the pastors, the uh, elders are typically uh, Jewish. Okay. So they bring that Jewish flavor to everything that we do. But for me, being part of that congregation was kind of easy right from the start. I was very welcome there. I think they already recognized, okay, she's been to Israel a few times. She has a heart for Israel. She wants to pray for Israel. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's never, beautiful. Yeah, I never felt like an outsider there. Plus, it was a startup, if you will. The, you know, I came in just as the congregation was being uh, developed. Yeah. They, the first service was on Rosh Hashanah. And I was there at the first service. Actually, I had been going to a, a, um, a messianic meeting on Friday evenings after work. I would drive to Deerfield. And I was part of that for a couple of years. And it was actually Jeff Feinberg, who knew Roy Schwartz, um, who said to me, I, Roy's planting a church in Chicago. I believe it's really close to your house, which it was walking distance. And he said, why don't you come with us to the first service on Rosh Hashanah? And God just opened the doors for me. I just knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to be there. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It started out slowly, but I got welcomed in quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now as you, uh, you know, uh, you were living downtown Chicago, uh, walk us through how did you discern God's will to go out to the suburbs um, and then he placed you in a specific place which by the way you now discovered uh, there's a messianic community there um, and now you're in the process of discerning uh, you know is this a place that God has you and you haven't you haven't assumed yes just because it's there um, how do you approach that to get confirmation of your decisions that took you out of the city, first of all, and now as you're evaluating, perhaps he's calling you to this Messianic community, how, how do you approach that to confirm that it's actually God's will and not, oh yeah, sure, of course, uh, I'm mm. gonna go there. Well, Not making the assumption. Uh, yeah, yeah that, well, what do you have to say about that? So t tell us a little bit about that process. <clears throat> well, I'll make a, a long journey short here. <laughs> it's been an ongoing thing for several years, and Rich knows this well. I'm well connected with the IHOP community, visit there regularly, am intimately involved with their Israel ministry, and God just opened up a wonderful opportunity with COVID because they began praying on Zoom. So even being here in, in Chicago or in this area, I was able to join in prayer meetings for Israel with them through Zoom. And, that, and I continue to do that to this day. That's incredibly uh, valuable and beautiful to me. So it's been on my heart, or it was on my heart for several years that perhaps God would call me to a season in Kansas City to be actually part of the community, but planted in Kansas City. Yeah. So last summer, it became apparent that it was the time for me to really know for sure if that was what God wanted. And if so, then it was time to move and do it. So I spent nearly two weeks at IHOP in August last year, 
with the intention of ask, seek, and knock to find out, okay, is God calling me there or not? Okay, so I spent a wonderful um, time while I was there, very affirmed by the leadership board, just lovely, lovely people. Came back, and as I began, you know, abiding, as I began questioning everything that I had experienced and it seemed to me when I was coming home that yes, God was calling me to go to Kansas City. But as I was spending time back home with him, I began to get that uncomfortable feeling like, mm, I'm not sure about this. So that, you know, that was the beginning of the journey of, okay, Lord, then you have to explain to me what's going on here because I don't really get it. I thought that I was supposed to go right, there. Right, right, right. Now, seems as though you're saying no, seems as though it's not good enough. It had to be hmm. confirmed. So it took a while, it took prayer, it took conversations with other people, and finally it became abundantly clear to me that no, God was not asking me to go to Kansas City. He was saying, yes, daughter, stay connected with IHOP, stay connected with the Messianic community. Your assignment remains the same, but it's in Chicago. Mm. Interesting. And, yeah, and something interesting in there too that you know it didn't come to me instantaneously, but uh, I know, Rich, you've shared about you know, your assignment with your family, with your grandsons. Yeah. The same thing God said to me, this is your assignment is your family. Yeah. Uh, my family is largely unsaved, and I am actually very close in distance now to some of my family members. And so we've been having time together. Mm. So there's a cherishing time of being with family now, which was you know, part of what God was working out. And then, of course, came the question, okay, it became clear to me it was time to leave where I was living for many years. I knew that before I went to IHOP, but I thought I was going to IHOP, yeah, so I thought yeah. I was answering that question. So now I'm back to, okay, God, so now what? There's <laughs> 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 just a time of, okay, you just blew everything out of the water. Yeah. That I... right. so, so it was just the big abiding time. And you know, God speaks in a variety of different ways. It was words from people, things that I was reading, sitting with God who made it clear, it's time for you to buy a condominium in the suburbs. Mm. And, you know, a couple of places came to mind. I had one place that fell through, um, and it was through my niece's husband who said, well, why don't you expand your search? Look in Desplaines. It's one train stop past Park Ridge, which was kind of the focus or the place that was targeted for where I would move to. And so it was things like that, people speaking into my life and, you know, I had a wonderful real estate agent who took me around. And as soon as I saw the place that I live in, it just felt like home. Mm. It's a description you can't explain. I love that. Why, what it is, but it's just, I like it here. And then I came back, brought my daughter with me and she liked it. And so finally just, you know, my offer was accepted, wrapped things up and God just um, put a bow on top of it and mm. said, this, this is indeed where I want you. And from the day that, you know, I, you know, I closed on the contract to, to the present moment, it just is a blessing. And I yeah. love being here. I'm still getting used to the community around me, but the, the home itself, I love. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's been a process since last summer to now of God just showing me step by step by step. It was, you know, a lot of unclear things that the Lord had to bring into focus and show me mm -hmm. this is 
this is where I want you. This is where I want you to plant your roots. And um, as I was thinking about church congregation, as I was moving here, um, one of the pastors from the Messianic community that I had been part of, that I'm still close friends with, he said, well, you know, you're just about 10 minutes away from Olive Tree. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Mm. So we'll see what God does with that. It seems very positive. I've visited there several times now. People are very friendly. It's again, that messianic context that I really love. So um, yeah, next step would be coming involved in, you know, in a house church and things right. like that. Right. Taking it step by step as the Lord leads. And that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. Yeah. So connected with the other communities that I was part of in Chicago, like Beth Star Shalom, we meet, uh, once a month, and I'm uh, involved with that. I'm involved with IHOP. So many different elements in in that process. Yeah, well, that's uh, beautiful. Thank you. Go ahead, Kathy. I was just going to say, would you mind sharing for anyone else who's listening and um, and you've piqued their interest in praying for for Israel? Is there one thing in particular that you would say God has highlighted in this season um, that they could join you in praying? Yeah, praying for Israel is my heart. So the positive mm -hmm. put in my heart, it's a download. And I still host prayer for Israel in uh, my home. In fact, I've just sent out an invitation to people that used to meet in my house in Chicago to travel to displays so we can start prayer for Israel again in mm -hmm. person. But you know, what God calls us to love what he loves. He loves Israel. He said mm -hmm. he's zealous for Zion and that he will make Jerusalem his dwelling place. And just as a sidebar to that, just going back to you know my trips to Israel, there's something there when you're in the land and you realize somewhere here where I am walking, especially when you're in the old city area, is the blood of Yeshua, it's in the soil. I mm. mean, the first time that came to me when I walked there, I was just undone. I mean, I was just, I, I, it was more than I could handle at the moment. It's like, this blood is in the soil. And how could this place, Jerusalem, not be precious to God the Father's heart? His son bled and died. Mm -hmm. His blood of our salvation is in that soil. It's the epicenter of the globe. It's where Jesus is going to return as Messiah. So, I mean, all of that to say, when you dwell on those spots that are scriptural, how could you not pray for Israel? I mean, right. right. Yeah. So if um, uh, somebody would like to uh, connect with Diane uh, about praying for Israel and, and learning more about it, you know, go ahead and email us uh, or put it on the YouTube. We'll connect you up with uh, Diane. And mm -hmm. uh, she uh, has this wonderful ministry and, and wants to give it away. And uh, we'd love to do that because uh, there's other people I know that uh, maybe being called by God uh, to join them in their community. And again, we can do this long distance, no problem. So uh, uh, send us, send it in uh, questions at afjministry.com or YouTube, and we'll we'll make sure you get connected with Diane. Uh, and uh, you know that as we you know finish this time, um, I think you know something that you you kept repeating is step by step confirmation, uh, focus, you know, at the things that are, well, they're not clear yet. And, and the cool thing is God says, I'll get you there. Stay with me. Even when you think, well, it looks like it's this, 
but again, through the spiritual process, checking of the spirit, gee, I'm not confirmed yet. Do you have something else to say to me? He said, yeah, actually I do. <laughs> um, and then through conversation, somebody says something, hey, look at displays, because God already knows the answer to that. See, I already, mm-hmm. I already know the place. And when you when you see us, it, like oh there it is, uh, he confirms it, you know, in your spirit, and it's that's how God's will works. And now you're on this great journey of well here here you are, uh, and now as we've talked before, uh, great you got that answer, but <laughs> you have another question. Okay, now what? You know, uh, how do you want me to give this away? What I'm going to be part of? And he says, well, I got that, and then I'll have more, and I'll have more, and I'll have more. So thank you for sharing that, Diane. It's been very clear, by the way, of of explaining how it really works uh, and how beautiful that is. So we wish you in nothing but uh, great uh, uh, truth and confirmation as you're led to this next step. It's going to be fantastic. We know that. Uh, And uh, we're looking forward to... uh, uh, still, uh, the aspect of, of getting married, we still believe that, and, and uh, we believe it's in the way, and something's up, and uh, just you know believe it. So thank you, thank you for sharing the, your story with us, and we will come back again sometime and uh, uh, tell us what happened. You know, uh, after uh-huh. you got led to the next community, and what were you doing there? What was your assignment, and uh, all that God's doing for you? So, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, and we're we're just so thrilled about it. Uh, and Kathy will. See uh, End Times Friday tomorrow and uh, more guests next week. But uh, Kathy, uh, or excuse me, Diane, thank you so much for uh, your sharing your heart. It's such a beautiful thing, and we really appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it was a, it yeah. was a joy to hear from you. So thank you again. Yep. So Kathy, we will see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Okay. Have a great All afternoon, right. everyone. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.